Hello, everyone. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That's true, you know. Uh, Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. You can find Author Magazine at authormagazine.org. And we're funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. You can uh, learn all about the PNWA and their fabulous conference, which will be in September of 2022, and it will be live and in person, and I'll be there. Yes, I will be, so go check it out at pnwa.org. Uh, speaking of teaching, uh, this Thursday... The 20 what? Yes, it's the uh, 28th, the 28th. I will be teaching Fearless Marketing live or on Zoom, yes, through Writers Digest University. You can sign up for that on my website, uh, williamkenauer.com. Uh, okay, well, what a great, I had such a surprisingly great conversation. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised. I interviewed Wendelin Van Dronen. Years ago, had a great conversation, but we just had a really great conversation about love and storytelling and sticking with it. There were a few a few tears shed, but that's okay. That's a good conversation, isn't it? Yes. So, Wendelin uh, Van Dronen has written more than thirty novels for young readers and teens. She is the author of the eighteen book uh, Edgar winning Sammy Keys series, often called the New Nancy Drew, and wrote Flipped which was named a top 100 children's novel for the 21st century by School Library Journal and became a Warner Brothers feature film with Rob Reiner directing. Her latest novel, The Peach Rebellion, explores the lives and loves of three young women who come from completely different backgrounds and join forces to stand against the patriarchy. And like I said, great conversation, interesting woman, heartfelt conversation, and I am so glad I get to share it with you now. Enjoy. Wendelin! Wendelin, welcome to the show! Thank you! I just say welcome back. Welcome back. For our listeners, Wendelin and I began by reminiscing that I spoke to her 11 years ago when she was touring to promote The Running Game, which was, I don't know, novel number what? Can you remember? The Running Dream was no. Running Dream? I'm sorry. The Running Dream. Excuse me. It was, it was, uh, no, I don't. I have, and this is terrible. I have like 36 books now, so I don't remember the exact order. Hey. (laughs) A wonderful problem to have. That's what I was going to say. (laughs) Don't, that's a great problem to have. And so, you know, I was glad I rewatched the interview because I, I I too, I can't rewatch them all, but I was rewatching that one. And uh, I, I remember how, interested I was in you and your journey um I, I you you were a school teacher to your first sort of profession was teaching yeah yes and what age were you teaching I taught high school and I taught uh math and oh, okay. programming okay. computer programming so really didn't really have much to do with literature <laughs> interesting I didn't know that okay so you're teaching computer engineering software engineering essentially for two teens uh, that was not available to me when I was in high school. Um, so you liked it? Was it okay? 
I loved teaching, but it, I, I, well, I love the subjects because they all made sense as opposed to literature, which doesn't always make sense. Like what is good and what is bad, you know, but in math and in, in when you're programming it all, you, you know, their results, it works. There's only and, one right answer. Well, there are, sort of. there are ways to go to get to that right answer, but yeah. Um, so I loved it and I loved the students. I, I, of course, in education, there's the, the whole administrative part of it that is not so much fun. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I really loved my job and it was, it was a tough call to finally give it up. And you gave it up because the writing dream, which you began <laughs> pursuing, um, yes. and without, I mean, people can go on YouTube and watch it, but it was really compelling. I do, I've known writers who sell their first book, who sell their first book before it's finished. And I know writers like yourself who have a longer journey to that. And that was, yeah. That, that was, was not, not your case at all. And so maybe share that, with, share that with our listeners a little bit, because a lot of them have had to deal with their own level of rejection. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There can be. Yeah. And I do, I mean, I do try to be encouraging to other writers who are struggling, because I do know what that feels like. I know what rejection feels like. I, I went through 10 years of it. And I, I think there are smarter ways to go about getting published than I did, but um, I had a full-time job and two little kids and I, I was not networked at all. I just, yeah. I just wrote and wrote and, and submitted. And I think that's, you know, a persistence paid off for me. So after 10 years, which I didn't know was going to be 10 years, no. you know, but I, I was just saying that if, if someone had come to my 25 year olds, because for me, writing was pretty much the only option there was no other i mean i did other things to make a living but that was all i was doing if someone told me how long it would take to sort of realize the dream as i saw it i would have said i will kill myself now <laughs> I, I will give you any part of my body so i can uh -huh. avoid that but it actually isn't as bad but one of the things i when you, you said in that interview that i'd forgotten which is lovely which i really i, I want to drill down on this and hopefully for our listeners is that you had a character who was sent what he was named was sammy it's a she. She, she sorry. Samantha, sorry. Sorry. that's okay. <laughs> it's Sammy who? Sammy Keys. Right. She's the protagonist of your first big series, right? Right. Okay. But what you said was interesting. And I think this is really important. You said you just, you loved the character. I'm paraphrasing. And you just really believed in her. Right? Is yes. that, am I, am I, am I Absolutely. accurate? Absolutely. Okay. I, so, so I'm sorry, but the only reason I want to drill down that is that is different than saying, I really wanted to be published and I really wanted to make a living at it. And I really, really, what you believed in was actually the material. Right. And right. I think that that is the, like the linchpin of success. You have to love what you're doing and you, you have to identify and feel with, feel the characters in your heart and you have to want to get them to a better place. And you, you, you just, you, you have to feel it. And if you feel it, then what winds up on the page is is going to be something that will then somehow magically wind up in somebody else's heart and you just yeah. have to stick stick in you have to stick to it until you find the person whose heart it also resonates with you know in publishing an editor uh, or an agent and and that is how you will become a success not by other other means not, not by learning the techniques of the best way to write it i mean all that kind of stuff it's helpful but nothing replaces what you just because isn't it like so you've been married for a little while yeah for a as little have while. i as <laughs> have i my 30th anniversary is coming up in a little bit um and i've always likened 
a book to sort of like a marriage that you better love it, like love it, because you're going to get into an argument with it at some point. And it's, <laughs> you know, you're going to get fight a little bit. But if you love the book, I mean, actually love the yeah. book, not what it'll yeah. give you, that will carry you through. And you really love this person that you had found. Right. Or it, it, like your spouse or the person that you create. Which well, that's what I actually meant. I actually meant Sammy. You, you loved her, yes. right? Yes. So you create this person that, that feels so real to you and that what happens to them matters to you. And yeah. so, I mean, when I wrote the first Sammy Keys book, I didn't know I was going to be writing a series, but I liked her so much that while New York was busy reading and rejecting the first one, I wrote the second one. And I liked her so much still that while New York was reading and rejecting the second one, I started writing the third one. And so that's, I mean, that's how I wound up with the series. It was in, you know, looking at it on, it, it's an insane approach when, you know, people wow. are telling you they don't want your materials, so you're writing another book. And it's just, it, but I loved her and I believed in her and I felt that she reflected the, the kids in my classroom. I felt that she reflected the time. I and And so I believed in her and I believed in, what she could provide to potential readers. I just, I, I cannot stress to you and the listeners how, how inv invaluable that heart connection to the work is. It will carry you like nothing else. But you know, it's easy to take for granted in a way because it's so internal and so, you can't show it to anybody except in the book itself. And you can't, there's no evidence. It, it provides no evidence other than your own feeling, right? The evidence that people want it will come. But first, your first evidence is I believe in it. And that has to be enough. Right. And that's what has to sustain you to the end, which is sometimes, uh, which is sometimes a very lonely journey. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, my, my husband says that, that I spend time with my little friends. Which is, which is really what it's like. I mean, I have this group of, and especially if you write a series, like the Sammy Key series, there are 18 books in it. So it was a very wow. successful series that started out being rejected by people, you know, in New York. So it, and, but it grew into this very successful series. But those characters across all those years that it took me to write that series became my little friends. You know, they became people that were real to me and important in my life. And I wanted to see what happened to them and their relationships and how they evolved. So it was kind of an all-consuming thing for me emotionally. Yeah. Well, but isn't it nice to be all-consumed? I, I don't, I can't think of a better thing to be all-consumed by something I'm interested in. It seems like right. heaven on earth, baby. I really <laughs> do. I really, I mean, it seems like the best way to live. Right. To have passion for something. For something. And, yes. And so we were trying to figure this out, but you actually had the pleasure of, I guess it was the book before, well, actually, no. So we talked in 2011 and we were just confirming it was 2010 that one of your, uh, one of your books was made into a film, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was a film. It was. Yeah. And, and that's another thing. I mean, so I look at the persistence of, of my journey to writing. I mean, I was in a bad place when I started writing, writing kind of I say it, it sort of saved me. Yep. It became um, this lifeline for me emotionally. And, and so, and then I, I wrote the, uh, some of the Sammy Key series and then inspired by the kids in my classroom, uh, just seeing how uh, they would have crushes on people and yep. remembering my own like crushes that I had when I was a kid and just like what was behind those. And so I wrote this kind of funny romantic comedy that had an undercurrent of, of substance substance and seriosity to it uh -huh. and, and 
nobody asked me to write it. Nobody had a contract for it. I just wrote this book and my editor loved it. It became a book and then word of mouth spread it around and around the world. It got translated. And then in Hollywood, this guy named Rob Reiner's son. Um, <laughs> Carl it. Reiner, oh, Rob Reiner's son found it? Well, he had to read it for school. Oh, that's how it happened? Yeah. Oh, that's and, so funny. Isn't that fun? Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, and so uh, apparently they were on their way uh, to Hawaii on uh -huh. a plane and they read it together. So Rob and his son read it together. And um, then it, he wanted to make it into a movie. And, and what I love is that he loved the book. He read the book, he loved the book, and he wanted to stick to the structure and uh, of the book. So it's the movie flipped is more like a, the original book than any movie I've ever seen, which is wow. it's kind of a dream for an author. It's it's on Netflix these days, or is it part? It's been yeah. part of the rotation of Netflix. Yeah, right. Okay, I'm gonna have to watch it now because we we watch a movie every Friday night in our household, and so we're I'm gonna have to add that to my rotation when it's available. So that is awesome. Okay, so all right, so good things have been happening for you. Uh, just keep writing and keep publishing. And the most recent book, The Peach Rebellion. I don't know. Does this this one is set in a different time than our current era. Uh, back in, it's the 30s, 40s, kind of, yeah. It, so it's set in 1947. 47, oh, it's that late. Okay, so it's 47, yeah. But, so, you've written a lot of books. How often do you do that kind of, because at that point, I'm sorry, that's historical now. Yeah. It is, it <laughs> yeah. is. And this is my first historical yeah. uh, fiction. And yeah. it may be my last. <laughs> it was so much work. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, there's world building and then there's accurate past building. You know, the, the build the world of the past that actually exists that you can verify. And it 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 was it was three years, three years to write this book. Wow. And I, I know for this like the Sammy Keys, you could you weren't spending any three years writing those. No. Um, but that was a contemporary, like I knew right. the world. I right. was living right. in that world. So yeah, that was the thing when I back when I wrote fiction, when I wrote historical fiction, that was the thing that drove me nuts. Was that I was like, I don't have at my own imagination the tiny right. little details that bring fiction to life. Right. And you had to go find that stuff. Right. <sighs> right. And, Which was a wonderful education for me because I was never really a history buff. And yeah. history in school for me was memorizing dates and names. Right, right. So I couldn't really identify with any of that stuff. And and now suddenly I had this like thirst of knowledge. It's like who was president? Why were they president? What had happened? Why the depression? Why the Dust Bowl? Why did all these things in history happen? How did they converge and affect each other? And it was just all suddenly fascinating. It's been a great movement. I think that just sort of happened organically, which is the writing of historical fiction, a lot of women have been writing it because, you know, women in history for a long time, not so much anymore, but for a long time, they just weren't going to be the characters you were going to read about for the most part, unless they were queen, you know, or having their head lopped off by somebody. <laughs> and there has been such a burgeoning of stories being told about people who's probably, who's, whose stories wouldn't have been told otherwise. Right. And I, I, I don't know if that occurred to you, if that was, if that, or you were just drawn to this subject matter? I was, I was drawn to the subject matter, but I, it's, it's like the hidden force of women in history is being exposed. And I really, yeah. 
I really like and appreciate this. But this story, the Peach Rebellion, is more about the struggle of these um, teen girls and their their mothers and grandmothers after World War II, where during World War II, women were given all these kind of different oh, roles. Yeah. And they were allowed to do like different things. They weren't just and, allowed to, they were, yeah, please, please, please <laughs> we come need do someone things. to do this. And then after World War II, all of a sudden they had to go into these more subservient, the, yeah, the more yeah. subservient previous role. And the struggle of that, of having that taste of freedom and and um, that that you could do stuff suddenly kind of pulled back. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and um, you know, I always think it's useful because there is a sort of like just because someone's story that you talked about the what did you say? It was really nice. The invisible force of women in history. Women in history. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good for all of us to remember, male or female, that people, everyone's affecting this tide, whether. We are, we are seeing the effect or not. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like no story is too small and no life is too small to help influence what's happening. And I actually think that the smaller story, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to writing about a, a smaller story. Like Flipped is just the story of these two kids in a crush. And right. why does it resonate with everyone around the world? Because we've all felt that way. That's right. So the smaller story about it, kind of the internal struggle is the one that that um, that I gravitate to because I think that seeing people in literature that struggle the way that you do, you can identify with them in real life, and they can give you the courage to move forward in pursuit of the things that that you think are right or the dreams that you have. Yeah, absolutely, and the it strikes me listening to you that. I'm reminded again how one of the jobs of the writer, whether we're conscious of it or not, I'm more conscious of it because I write about my own life and no one actually cares about my life. So I have to find the universal within my experience to resonate with other people. But that's certainly true of the fiction writer too, which is you're always searching, you're talking about crush. What is almost nothing more universal than a crush, right? <laughs> Aside from maybe hunger <laughs> and bodily functions. But um, we're always looking for that universal within the particular. That, that we think can translate to as many people as possible. Well, and, and I think what's so fascinating, I love this discussion. I think what's so fascinating is that we feel very personal about a certain thing, but then when you open it up it, and, and realize that this very personal thing that we feel is felt by almost every other human, yeah, yeah. Then, then you realize you are not alone. No, no. And you know, Wendelin, I, I would, so I started writing personal essays and when I would write them, I was writing one a day for this magazine that author, when I interviewed you for, I would, what I would do is just make myself feel better by the end of them. I mean, my goal was to just sort of feel good at the end of them. And I thought, well, that's good. That's enough. If no one reads it or likes it, at least I feel good. And then that, that became the sort of groundwork for the success I had as a writer. And my job was to feel good. And what made me feel good made other people feel good. And I started putting the sort of clues yeah. together at that point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, so what makes you cry will make others cry. What brings you hope can, but you, because you are the, you are the thing to which you tune that will actually lead to everybody else. Well, and I think that the, the, actually for, for an author, a writer of any kind is the, the, the opening of the heart and, and you are very vulnerable when yeah. you are, uh, when you create things, uh, when, when you, you know, have a craft or an art 
and you put it out in the world and, and it, it's like, you're opening your heart up uh, and then people can just stomp all over it, you know, at will. And it's just, it's one of those things that, that you have to be brave enough yeah. to open the heart up and, and even knowing that there are going to be people that are going to stomp on it you, by you opening your heart up, you're going to be helping people who, who uh, are receptive to what it is that you're putting out there. Don't you think it's also helpful, as you say, the getting stomped on, because everybody at some point, someone's going to say, I don't get it. I don't like it. Why would this person write something? I don't like it doesn't make any sense to me, you know, so they're in one way, or another, but they won't say it that way. And I think it's helpful as a writer, as an artist, because everybody has to go through this to realize you can live like that can happen. And nothing actually happens to you. Like nothing, right. like you aren't actually wounded if, unless you allow yourself to be that you right. aren't, that you open yourself up and then they can't hurt you actually. Does that make sense? Well, that's true. Uh, but I think that, um, I think that the key is to realize that for every person that stomps, there's somebody that embraces and they may not tell you the way that the stomper yeah. does. Yeah, that's right. You know, they may not tell you, right. but, but that is having an effect out there in the world. If you've opened your heart, there are people that, that are so glad that you did. Yes. So. Yeah. And, and, and you are absolutely right. You will bite, you will hear and percentage wise, you will hear from far more of the haters than the people who love it and whose lives you have maybe changed in some small way. Odds are you will never meet these people. They will not. I mean, young people are probably more likely to write to you than adults that we're a little we're a little weird about that. But kids are so enthusiastic about that. I assume. Is that the case? Do you hear so from your what, readers? What, and so another thing connection here I'm making is that. So when you're a teacher, you have these and, and in high school, you have, you know, 30 plus kids in a classroom. And for me, there were uh, six or seven classes a day. Wow. And then you had, if you're teaching a semester, you have a whole new crop of kids every semester. So when you multiply that out across a career of 15 years, you've seen a whole lot of kids yeah. come through your classroom. And you do hear from the parents who have complaints and you do, you know, so you, you do get that in the immediate, but you don't hear like the great stuff from the kids until they've become adults and they come back to you and say, you affected me in this way. And it takes years for that to happen. I so, know. but when it does, it's like, oh, thank you. I'm so glad you took a minute to tell me that I affected your life in this really positive way. And so with, with books, it's kind of the same thing. You, you go through all these pages, you create all these pages, you, 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 you make these connections in your stories that you hope will will uh, positively affect people. And then it starts coming back to you. Eventually it's like, and especially for me, because I write for, for the formative years, mostly right, the, right. the preteen and the teen years. And, and, and so then now people will tell me, I, I got this just adorable note from, from a girl who said that she, she's now a mom and she has a daughter and she's, she uh, loved Sammy Keys when she was, and she picked, she paints this picture of her sitting on a swing, reading Sammy Keys outside in the sunshine. She goes, I can't wait till my daughter's old enough so I can cheer wow. these books with her. And I'm like, wow. you know, <sighs> it's just one of those, uh, like I waited a long time for that. <laughs> you know, yeah. I got rejected for 10 years from publishers before someone said yes to me about my writing. But that, 
I mean, that coming back to me, it's just like, oh, all of that, all that rejection and all that kind of doubt has just been. It's a beautiful thing, Wendelin. It's a beautiful story. Um, God, that's just, you, you know, I just think we don't know, you know, as a writer, you start writing and let's, I don't know how much you outline or don't, but let's, you don't really know until you write the thing, what you're writing. I mean, you don't really know right? You have to right. write it to know. Right. And we don't know. We will never, you will never know the, how wide the ripple in the pond your stories are casting. Right. But I hope, see, it's, you're so emotional now because to some degree, it's a breaking through of a feeling of, I don't know what it is, but this, it's so profound to us that we're reaching these people be, and, and all through something we love ourselves, all through love all through love. Right. 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 By opening up your heart. Yeah. Help me on somebody else's. So oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, actually, <laughs> it obviously makes me pretty emotional. Oh, but it's beautiful. It should, you know, it's, it's you know, because it, you know why? Cause it's sometimes I think we can never be reminded often enough that like what Emily Dickinson said, that, that love is all there is, is all we know of love. Like, we can't be reminded often enough, but that's it. Like, that's the truth in life. That's the thing that sustains you. That's it. You can seem like it's other stuff, right? Right. That seem more important, but I, it isn't, I don't think. And writing reminds me of it all the time. The value of love beyond. Which, and I, I think that's why there are so, so many people who want to write. It's, yeah. it's there. And, and I, I really do try to encourage people to, to find the time to actually do it because it, I think it is one of the most worthwhile kind of emotional endeavors and healing endeavors that you can pursue. I agree 100%. I teach people to write. I'll teach writing classes and I'll sit there and I'll think, I don't know who's going to actually pursue this. I don't know who's actually going to try and publish their book, but I know that the act of sitting down and saying, what do I care about and how can I express it is yeah. of far greater value than a publishing contract as good so, as that is. So I, I came to writing out of left field, you know, I, I got scientific background and, and right. my parents were scientific people. And so I came to it out of left field and it, it has been such, like I said, like a lifeline for me. Um, but I never, and there was that, there's that whole kind of self doubt. And uh, I, I think, especially for, for women, that that's something that we struggle with. And, and so the feeling that, that, you know, I, I don't have the background in it that a lot of, you know, literary writers have. Sure. And I, and I it, it sort of, you, you go through that. I'm, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a fraud. Sure. What, do, what do I know about what I'm doing? I'm a, but, but then as I've gone through what 20 years now of, of being a published writer, I, I have a lot of, especially because, because, I do school visits a lot. So uh, right. schools will bring me in. I'll do a presentation. I'll, I'll try to inspire kids to read and to write and to, to try to use writing as, as, as a way to get through those really awkward teen years. And, um, and then people started asking me, like, because I would tell stories and, I, and to, to write my stories down about writing, which was really. And so I eventually, finally wrote this book called Hope in the Mail, because Hope is that thing that keeps us going. And That's right. But that was what we talked about in our first interview. So that was exactly. a quote you used. So, 
So now there's this book called, it's for writers. It's called Hope in the Mail, Reflections on Writing in Life. Because when I was starting out and, and I was being rejected, my husband would say to me, did you put hope in the mail today? Oh. And, and just what that meant was, did you make it a possibility for someone to say yes to you today? And, and so it became this thing that we told each other when we were going through this really rough time. And, and so hope in the mail became kind of the call to action, <laughs> put hope in the mail. And so that's why this book, it kind of chronicles the trials, well, the, the tribulations, sure. trials of having been rejected by you and, and kind of my, like, my writing, what do I, do I plot? Do I pants? Do I, sure, right. well, I signpost, you know? So right. there's things that I explain about how, how I am as a writer, but mostly it's supposed to be like inspiration and also, um, you know, like tips for how to make writing work in your very busy working life. Oh, people, open the mail. Hey, you're speaking <laughs> my language. That's just, that's what I do. That's what I do. So that is, oh, that's fantastic. That is fantastic. Well, it sort of dovetails into my last question and I could talk to you a long time. When Are I'm, we already at the last question? This Are I you? know, huh? You see, yeah. wasn't this good? I'm so glad we got you on here. So the book is The Peach Rebellion, which actually will not be out. It's coming out. Tell me when, May what? It's mid-May. It's May 17th. Okay, so it's coming May 17th. But people, don't worry. You can pre-order it now. <laughs> Listen to you. Right? You can pre-order it now and know it'll be in your hot little hand as soon as it comes out. So do it people and an order hope in the mail while you're at it so do a twofer it's good it makes you feel good you'll feel good all right so there I'm, i I move some paper for you i hope but now uh, i got one more question for you Wendelin. here's what i want you to do i want you to finish this question uh -oh. if writing all the writing you've done has taught you anything it's taught you what listen to your heart yeah keep your mind open listen to the other side I like it. It's true, people. It's true. Wendelin, thank you. You're awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome. See? See? Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you she was great? Yeah. I wouldn't lie to you. Listen to your heart. Can't go wrong there, people. I know it's a cliche, but it's true. It's true. Heart doesn't lie. Oh, the mind can lie. Yeah, it can. But not the heart. No, 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 no. No, it can't. Okay. Listen, I will be back again next week with another fabulous conversation. In the meantime, listen to your heart. Find something you love to do. And then just do it. Do it.